Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? Good to speak with you again today. I love the feedback that I'm getting from you guys about the podcast and how much it's helped you and the job that you've gotten. And it's such a cool feeling to know that even though I've never met you in some cases, I've never maybe even heard your name that you are gaining great benefit from this podcast and there is some shifting going on for you in your career. And I can't tell you how rewarding that is to think that. I want to remind you that I've moved to a once a month format for my webinars. The link to the webinars is in the show notes. We do these on the third Thursday of every month at 4 p.m. And they are master classes, meaning that I am jam packing them they are so tight with content that your mind will be blown and you also still have time to talk with me and interact with me in those webinars and ask questions so just kind of not miss (laughs) kind of not miss so please take a look at what's coming up depending on when you listen to this what the what that month's topic is and register so you can join us on thursday afternoons at four I am a huge fan of Brene Brown's work. I read Daring Greatly early on in my evolution with her, started listening to her podcasts, and I love her concept of FFTs. So I won't tell you what FFT stands for exactly in case you have children in the car, but you can probably figure it out, especially if you've listened to to Brene and know her style. So we'll just say that FFT stands for the first time. But I will refer to them as the FFTs. And her concept about FFTs is when you do something new in whatever area of your life, whether it's at work or in a relationship or a new thing that you're taking on in your personal life, you're learning how to do a new activity or something. There are particular challenges in that. We are evolving to the next level of ourselves as humans, and the first time is always the hardest. But we have to think about it in terms of there has to be a first time. There had to be a first time for kind of everything in in our history. And if we let that concept debilitate us and we think, well, it's the, I've never done this before, I don't know how, then we don't evolve as humans. And I always like to use the example of the the child, the the baby, really, who is learning to walk. I don't know of any babies who have pulled themselves up on the coffee table one time and, of course, immediately just landed right back on their diapered butt. And they thought to themselves, well, clearly walking is not for me. I've never done it before. It looks hard. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to try. 
But somehow as we evolve and we mature, we begin to think that about some things. I haven't done that before. I don't know how. And we stop ourselves from becoming the people that we're meant to be. So I wanted to talk about FFTs in the framework of our jobs. And when we're given a new task, you know, maybe we're asked to work in a new way, learn a new skill. Those FFTs are very applicable in those kind of scenarios as well. So the five steps that Brene uses for FFTs is number one, and I'm going to go over these in depth. Number one, name it. Number two, develop perspective. Number three, adjust expectations. Number four, build in rest and recovery. And number five, get in top FFT shape. So I want to break these down in terms of what they look like for you in your job. And I'm going to use this scenario that you've been given a huge new assignment at work, gigantic implications for the company. You feel completely unprepared for this level of responsibility. You don't understand why they've given it to you. You've managed small teams, small budgets, and here's this big thing. Seems like a huge jump to you and you just you feel completely unprepared. So for the name it phase, it's important to name the newness of this responsibility. So for example, you might say something like, there will be 15 people on my team and I've never managed more than two people at a time. So that's new, a lot more people to manage. This budget is four times larger than the biggest budget I've ever managed. There is so much riding on the success of this project. So recognizing that with all this newness, there's a lot of implications to this project. And my success is really important. You might be thinking, I don't know why they thought I could do this. This is brand new. And I'm afraid I'll fail and lose my job. So the important thing here is that you're bringing the monsters out into the open. You're bringing them out of the closet, out from underneath the bed and putting them into the light. And that's always going to be the first step in kind of neutralizing fear neutralizing panic and those kinds of things is recognize the source of the fear. So I'm I'm afraid to manage a budget that larger. I'm afraid I won't know how. I won't know how to manage people. What if I let these people down? Recognizing all of that, not because you get into a place of helplessness, but because we're acknowledging what's already there, bringing it out into the light so we can begin to deal with it. So that's number one, name it. Number two, develop perspective. So if you've never done something before, it's going to be natural to believe that you aren't qualified, that you might fail at it. That's just human nature. So the point at this step of developing perspective is to think through certain things, such as what's the worst case scenario? Let's take stock of what I do bring to the table. Recognize the faith that somebody else has put in me by assigning this task to me. They're, you know, taking perspective of, wow, this is somebody I really admire and they think I can do this so we can kind of borrow that. So it's a very useful exercise to think about what happens if I fail and I get fired. So worst case scenario, right? That probably would be the worst case scenario in this situation. Not because you're planning to fail and get fired, but because you want to see that this worst case scenario isn't the end of the world. So whether you're thinking, well, I'd rather give it my best effort, fail and get fired than to not even try, because I think that if I don't even try, I've probably, you know, kind of signed my own end at this company. They probably won't give me any other chances and I'll have to leave and look elsewhere. I want to at least try. Or you could think, OK, if I get fired, 
I've been, you know, been courted by this other company for some time and I could simply reach out to them and say, hey, I think I'm ready to have those conversations. That wouldn't be bad, right? If I have to do a job search, it's not the end of the world. So we're really looking at the worst case scenario and recognizing that it's not the end of the world. By taking stock in what you bring to the project, you're hopefully focusing on your strengths rather than your weaknesses and what you don't have. So that hopefully is going to reinforce your self-belief. Well, I've got this. I've got this. I can do this. I've done this other similar thing. You know, you look at what are the positives? What do you bring to this? Why maybe did they think that you were ready to handle this? And if you don't believe in yourself in that moment, it can be really helpful to borrow the faith of someone else. So whether that's the person who assigned this task to you, maybe it's your your direct supervisor, maybe you have a huge cheerleader in the company or your family and friends, significant other that is kind of unconditionally your cheerleader. People who believe in you no matter what can be a really good resource to turn to And you kind of siphon off some of their belief in you. You just kind of use it until you have a sufficient store of your own self-belief. So that's number two, develop perspective. Number three is adjusting expectations. So I think it's really important, especially when this is a brand new thing you've never done, to not think in terms of unrealistic expectations. Now, do I want you to shoot for the sky and aim for perfection and success? Sure, absolutely. But not at the expense of having a positive experience with the project, right? Or damaging people in the process of trying to achieve perfection. So if 100% success and no hiccups is not a realistic expectation, For the project, then let's get realistic about what we can do. So we want to find kind of that perfect balance between believing in yourself and being realistic about what you're being asked to do. So perhaps you set a goal to complete the project within 10% of the budget. So instead of staying under budget, you know, I'm going to keep it to within, I won't go more than 10% over. You know, the project might actually end up being better this way, right? So that's another thing to think about is, As I set these goals for what's realistic, I want to allow for the people that work with me and the people on the team to make mistakes. And I want to state that openly. We're going to run into problems we can't foresee. We're going to have issues and I'm going to do my best to handle them. You may also want to adjust expectations with your boss. So if you've kind of realistically assessed the project scope and you think you need more helpers, more members, then ask for what you need. So if you think about it as, I've got to set myself up for success. I'm being realistic, but at the same time, I'm looking at what can I do given what I've already been given? And if I know that I need 10% more budget or two more people or another month, it's very obvious from the outset that I want to have that conversation because otherwise I'm kind of setting myself up for failure. And you will also want to adjust those expectations with the project members. If you're the leader, then you want to come in there and say, okay, how will success be measured? When should these people come to me for help? How will I support them? You want to make sure everybody involved is reading off the same sheet of music as you, and you are giving them permission to be less than perfect, to make mistakes, to make calculated risks in achieving this, the success for this project. So that's number three adjust expectations. Number four, build in rest and recovery. FFTs, quite frankly, wear us out. (laughs) We're using new muscles. Our brain is working in new ways. 
We may be interacting with new people and we're making new kinds of decisions every day. And that's very taxing on the brain. So we need that rest and recovery. And the FFTs, depending on the project, could mean daily R&R. It could mean time off in the middle of a project. It could mean a vacation afterwards. It really has to do with the duration of the project and the intensity of the project. But the important thing here is this is a marathon, not a sprint. Don't ignore your needs or the needs of your team members. Be kind to yourself. You are, as the leader in this scenario, you are setting examples for the other team members. And if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're working 24-7, wearing yourself out, then their message, whether you say it or just show it, is we are supposed to work at that level. We are supposed to wear ourselves out in this project. And that is not going to be good for productivity. And it's certainly not going to be good for morale, yours or theirs. And finally, number five, get into top FFT shape. So there are some things that you can do depending on the project, how much you know, how far in advance you know that the project is coming, what kind of project it is, or whatever new thing it is to prepare. So for example, there are some things you could do right now before you begin something new. So right immediately before it, such as you could read up on how to do a new task. So you identify that with this new FFT, you aren't as competent in a certain task, a skill set as you could be. So you read up on it. Perhaps you go in and rearrange your schedule so everything else in your life is in order. So let's just take the example of this big project. What can I do at home to minimize my stress there. So, you know, have I hired a, that, that's always my first one, have I hired a domestic help such as a, a cleaning person, it, perhaps an errand runner? Could I, you know, buy meal delivery kits? What do I do with my kids? How can I compensate during this period with them? So you want to make sure that all the, the other things that are still going to be happening in your life are managed. And you may, it just may be as simple as getting a good night's sleep. If it's a, you know, one day situation, I'm just going to really get a good night's sleep the night before. So other ways of getting into top FFT shape may take longer and may require you to kind of anticipate needs. So for example, if you want to start managing projects, so you want the FFT of managing projects and people, then is there a class? Is there a certification that you can start now? to be better prepared. So that's a way of getting into top FFT shape because you can also have FFTs that you want to be given, to be assigned, to take on, and you can think about how to prepare for them. A good way to anticipate your FFT needs is going to be to talk with your boss or another more senior person in your organization. You want to tell them your professional goals. So this could be a mentor. It could be your boss or, or just someone else that you've really connected with at work. What are your goals? And then ask them for their input on how you can begin preparing to take on those new roles now you know, responsibilities, leadership, what can I do now? What are some courses, some certifications, some experiences you would encourage me to engage in? Now, if you're mid-project and you realize you aren't in top FFT shape, then there are strategies that you can use in that situation as well. So for example, if you are going along and you realize there's a skill gap in your team, so we've got this big project, heavy implications, and we realize that we're missing something in there. There's, there's no one in our project team that can do this one thing well enough. 
So what do you do about that? You might choose to read up on the skill yourself if you think you can fill the gap. Maybe assign the person who is closest. Maybe they have some level of skill, just not enough. So can you give them some time to become more expert in that skill? Can you pull someone in that has that skill set, maybe just on an adjunct basis? So they're not part of the project team. You're not asking them for a long-term commitment but you are asking them to bring their level of expertise in for that one thing. And you can ask your boss for help with this, right? So who do they know? Who who could be our subject matter expert for this? Or how can we solve this? There's always going to be unanticipated hiccups in FFTs. And so your ability to make mid-course corrections is essential, especially in these longer-term FFTs like a new project. So those are my suggestions for dealing with FFTs. And here are the steps again. Name it. Bring it out into the open. Give it a name. Demystify it. Number two, develop perspective about your ability in this area, what you should be realistically expected to do when you've never done it before. Adjust your own expectations and perhaps the expectations of your boss and or other people involved in your FFT. Build in rest and recovery, whether before, during, after, or all of the above. And then finally, get in top FFT shape so that you are better prepared to handle the FFTs that you know are coming and those that you don't know are coming. Hope this has been helpful today. I certainly enjoyed the mental gymnastics involved in taking Brene Brown's concept of FFTs into a specific work scenario. This is obviously applicable to really any work situation where you're being asked to do something new and dealing with all the thoughts that are coming up in your mind about that. So I, again, hope this has been helpful and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.